This is a HeadGum Podcast. I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami, you've got style. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2016. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls, and then we talk about it. Guys, if you haven't heard, we're now on NPR. <laughs> JK, JK. Um, we... Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We just watched Season 4, Episode 11, The Auction, which aired on January 14th, 1989, and is the episode uh, where the girls want to buy the painting of an almost dead man to make some money for a new roof. Oh, those girls and their antics. Now, we will. We should say, before we get into this episode, that if anybody has donated in the past week, or the world's blown up, or anything major has happened, we are recording this a week in advance because I am currently out of the country when this 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 airs. Yeah, I mean, I'm here right now. But today's date, I'm in Israel, and so we're recording this early. So if you donated, we thank you. And we will thank you personally on a future episode. Yes, we will. And if you would like to donate, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate, and you can do a one-time donation, or you can set up a monthly donation with Patreon. And um, follow me on Twitter if you want to see Israel. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so this is a, this is a fun episode. It is brings out some fun colors in the girls. Oh my god, the outfits in this episode. Ooh, Good made me feel outfits. things. Um. So the girls, it's like the middle of the night. Girls aren't getting a lot of sleep. Actually, no. I guess it's morning. Yeah. You're dancing. Dancing in those outfits. Yeah. So the girls, I mean, oh, the Dorothy's talking to Sophia about the leak in her room, too. They're, they all have leaks the in their room. The roof is leaking all over the house. And Rose has probably the best line when she comes out, buckets in hand, and Dorothy goes, Rose, Rose, you got a leak, too? And then Rose says... I forget what exactly she says. Uh, she says, so, no, I was just milking the secret cow I have in my closet. And then Dorothy's sort of stunned at Rose's very, like, snarky reaction. Mm-hmm. And then um, Rose says, wow, on three hours sleep, I can be a bitch just like you. Yeah, it was really, really <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, so, uh, so a roofer comes over. And it's so weird. They give this roofer, like, interesting character traits that don't pay off in any way. Like, he comes over... And he has a cold, and also he, like, stepped in dog shit, yeah. and he, like, wipes on the thing. I don't know. It's just very strange. Um, but he basically tells them that they need a new roof, which would cost $10,000, or he could do, like, a shitty patch job for a couple hundred, but it's not going to solve the problem. Which um, is, like, okay, so I, I don't own homes. I, I don't advocate. You don't own homes, but you, I don't own, own homes. you own home? I don't own a home. I don't advocate owning homes. I think it's just trouble. But, <laughs> um, but like, the girls go into the kitchen to discuss this, to discuss how they're going to pay for this. And they say, like, you know, they say, we can't afford $10,000 roof change. And then and Dorothy goes, we can barely afford a patch job. And it's like, 10000 and a couple hundred is a vastly different amount of money. Right. Like, that's 
That's a that's. If they can barely afford a couple hundred dollars, you like, guys that's should trouble. not be living in the house you're living in no. if you can barely afford a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, between the four of right, you, right? That's like each of them pitching in a hundred dollars. Well, three of you, three of you, because Sophia's not pitching in. Okay, but if she did, if she did, but still, like, so yeah, that that made me concerned about their finances. Right? Yeah, because yeah, you're right. There's a huge difference between those. Um, and meanwhile, the. Uh, the roofer has asked to use their phone. You know, he's sick, so he's like, let me put my sick mouth all over your phone receiver. <laughs> I thought maybe for a minute that was going to be part of the story. I was like, oh, this is how the girls get sick. And then I was like, oh, wait, this doesn't ever go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but they, they decide that they're going to ask the roofer if they can pay an installment. Totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. So they get out there in the living room, and he's yelling at someone, whoever he's on the phone with, and he's like, I want that check on my desk tomorrow. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. And then, and they're like, and then he turns to them, he's like, so girls, have you decided? And they're like, a patch job, which, they, you know, they just, they fell back on that very quickly. Yeah. You know, asking to pay in installments is a good idea. They don't know what kind of relationship he has with his dad. Just because he's yelling at his dad to get paid doesn't mean he's yeah. not going to be reasonable. And it doesn't feel like something Dorothy would back down from either. Right. Yeah. Right. It just felt very, I don't know. I was like, guys, don't, don't cave, whatever. Yeah. So they say they want the patch job, and then Blanche mentions that she's going to this art show for this great artist. And, like, it's, it's so funny because we don't hear often, like, I was like, oh, that's right, Blanche works at a museum, because it's not really a, it's, it's, it's talked about when it's integral to the plot. But it's but, not something that is, like, a thing in every episode. Yeah, they it's don't. Not like, it's not like Dorothy being a substitute teacher or Rose being a grief counselor. Which they bring up a lot more, I yeah, feel like. Yeah. Um, but uh, but she said she's going to an art show from an artist named Mr. Jasper de Kimmel. Jasper. Which I wanted to call him Jimmy de Kimmel the whole time. So for the rest of this episode, we shall refer to him as Jimmy de Kimmel. Jimmy de Kimmel. Um, and they they. <laughs> that's my this, Oprah announcement of Jimmy oh, de Kimmel. J- Jimmy de Kimmel. That's very good, Oprah. Thank you. Um. So. Blanche sort of holds out a flyer to the girls that has, a like, a piece of his work on it that we don't see. And the girl, like, Dorothy and Rose are like, I don't get it. And and Blanche is like, girls, this is non-representational art. You know, I work at a museum, so I know that, you know, this part represents the, the deepness of his feelings. And this part represents, and she's doing that whole bullshitty thing. Yeah. And she's like, and this represents the sun. This, you know, orange spot in the planets and everlasting mortality or whatever. Yeah. And Rose Rose just goes, no, it's not. That's where I put my creamsicle down earlier when I hmm. went to answer the phone. Look, it wipes right off. It's just a great moment. There's a great episode of Murphy Brown later in the series when she has she's at some art gallery or something, and she has her kid. She puts up a piece of work her kid did, and all these art freaks go gaga mm-hmm. for it. It's a good episode. I love Murphy Brown. I love I I I haven't watched it in a long time, but I used to enjoy watching it when it was I own on. season one on DVD. It's the only one they produce. Oh, maybe I'll borrow it. Yeah. I love that Rose eats creamsicles. A B, the, you know this is something I feel like we've seen a lot. Where like I remember living in New York and being at like MoMA or something, and there were there were, there was like an exhibit, and it looked like it just looked like a piece of the wall had been ripped out, but then there was like a placard next to it yeah. that said you know, whatever, mixed media, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but it looks like construction. And then I turned a corner, and there was actual construction going on on a wall, and it looked exactly the same, but it <laughs> wasn't It wasn't a part of it. Did was you just go literally to the, construction. Um, Maria Abramovic 
Bramovich, Bramovic, exhibit at MoMA. No. Oh, my man. Oh, that was, oh, that made me feel things. Oh, yeah? Did you look deep into your soul? Did you cry? No, I did not cry. Um, I did not do the seating thing. I thought it was weird. Uh, But I, I, I appreciate her, and I appreciated it, and I think it's wonderful. But there was one part of the exhibit, so it was sort of a retrospective of, and you guys should look up her work, because she's... Very interesting. It's sort of a mix between performance art and piece art and whatever. And she has one exhibit where two naked models are standing in a in a in a doorway basically, and you're supposed to go in between them. And it's a very tight space, Ooh. and they're naked. And um, the whole point of the piece, I assume, I don't know. I'm not very deep. I read People magazine. Um, but, uh... It's going to say on your tombstone someday. Yes, I read people, but I do. I'm not very deep. I read People Magazine. I love people. Um, uh, but I, as I was, as I was going through the two naked people, one man, one woman, um, it, it it gives you a rush. There's a rush of, an anxious rush to it that I think is the point of the piece. And she does a lot of that. She does, like, a lot of really weird things, but it's all very interactive, and it's all very, it's really, really fascinating. Did you feel like you were, like, a Treyu in the never-ending story walking through the two giant statues with the boobs? I don't know what that means. Knowing that if they see you, or if they sense your fear, they'll, like, shoot lasers at you? See, it's interesting. (laughs) You bring up, like, things like never-ending story, which I feel like I have seen, I just... It was not a part of my childhood in a way that it was memorable. Many things, I think, of your childhood that were probably very typical of children our age mm-hmm. enjoyed. I, instead, was watching, like, The Color Purple. Yeah, which, like, yeah. <laughs> which, I mean... Yeah, we have our lives Yeah, few. I definitely was a 40-year-old gay man yeah. as an 8-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was very sad. Yeah. But, but you should check out her work, guys, because it's very, very interesting. And Never Ending Story, if you haven't seen it, because, you know, Falcor! It's really great. Carol Kane and Billy Crystal. Um... <laughs> so then we get to the gallery, which is a beautiful gallery. Yeah. It's very nice. I feel like you want to talk about the outfits. Oh, my God. Dorothy's wearing a bow tie. Silk bow tie. Silk bow tie with, a, like, a velour it's sort like of velvet. It's, like, red textured velvet. Thing, flowy layers. It's, like... It's like if my so-called life decided to dress up one night. Oh, it's like, like Rayanne. Yeah, it's like definitely, I feel like Rayanne wore a lot of that. Definitely a like, Rayanne. Crushed That's lore. something we share. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh God. And then Blanche is wearing this like gray sort of flowy like pants thing. That I couldn't tell if they were. I thought maybe they were flowy pants, but then I was like, oh, is it a skirt? Uh, it's pants. Okay. It's definitely pants. Yeah, um, she looks gorgeous. Very, very sort of like straight, baggy, and then rose. Oh, Rose is wearing a blue dress that has, like, sort of almost a girdle-type, um, like, midsection like that's a black sequins, and it just really gives her some depth. Oh, God. Yeah, I they look good. Applause. They look good. Applause. Um, do you think it's typical for there to be a mime performing in an art gallery? Well, back to Amiria Abramovic, she was she started out as a mime, so okay. maybe mimes and things like this are common. Yeah, it was it, it was funny. Rose had a funny moment where she said that her uncle Gustav was a coal mimer, and Dorothy's <laughs> like, "Do you mean a coal miner?" And she was like, "No, he had a bad back, so he just pretended to work." <laughs> Which sounds like such like a dumb stand-up joke. Um, I I saw a mime once in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, I was there on vacation, and he was just, like, taking up the square, and it was so interesting to watch, because I can't ever recall a moment in my life where I saw a mime in person. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw someone doing it, and he captivated, like, everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a huge crowd, and you just stood around and watched this guy, 
do I mean it was it's very entertaining yeah, yeah. Th- I mean this guy was a little limited in that he was sort of standing on like a block yeah um but I love that I loved Sophia it's just like such a typical Sophia thing where she went over to him and she went why are you wearing makeup so your mother won't be embarrassed <laughs> and I love that she's like <laughs> like she's sort of scolding a mime being like look at you what are you doing with your life um and it's there's a really funny moment where uh you know Rose or whatever is like he can't talk back to you or something and and Sophia's like oh yeah hey you flies down and he looks down and falls and like you said it yourself yeah I feel like mimes have got to be used to people trying to get them to break yeah the mimes are like the guards at the at Kensington Palace or whatever the fuck that place is like you know they they they're 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 pretty used to everything yeah I feel like you can't say anything to them yeah Um, so then the women walk over and look at a a Jimmy DeKimmel um, piece uh, (laughs) and they meet Jimmy DeKimmel who's played by actor Tony Steedman well it's actually played by Jimmy Kimmel in a mask of this guy right yeah Um, it's actually a conspiracy this is a part of the Illuminati Tony uh, Steedman, you might know from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Scrooged with Bill Murray. Oh, that's such a good movie. Um, yeah, he worked for a long time. He died in 2001. R.I.P. guy. Um, he was he was a British actor. Oh, he was in... Um, he, no, that's not Terminator. What the fuck is that movie? It's called Split Second? Who cares? Um, um, he was ooh, great, Rutger but Howard's he was a dickhead in this episode. Yes, and he needed to be, because otherwise the girls would have looked even more terrible. They needed to make him a villain. Yeah. Um... And he, uh, so he's got this one, they're they're looking at this one sort of painting that he did, which we of course don't see, but they're like, you know, why, why would you paint three noses? And he's like, oh, the galleries always hang it upside down, but he says it with his British accent. And the women all sort of turn their... He had a British accent. Yeah, he did. He had a fake British accent, I think. No, he had a British, he's, he's a British actor. Really? Yeah. Oh. The galleries always hang it upside down, they hang it the wrong way. That's how he talked. Um, it's a dead, 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 dead on impression. Um, so, but the girls realize it's, those aren't three noses, and when they tilt their heads upside down, they realize they're looking at, like, I assume, a dick and two balls, and Dorothy does the same exact, whoa, she does when she opens the erotic cake yeah. shop box and looks at the Florida dick cake. It was just like, it brought me back. Is that, to that how episode. you react when you see, like, when you saw Orlando Bloom's Bloom, did... I haven't seen it yet. You haven't? Do you want to see it? Not really. Oh, you should. I saved it. Oh, well. <laughs> because I knew my, because Brian couldn't see it, so I was going to text it to him. I don't get, I, like, see, just like seeing a naked penis doesn't, like... It doesn't do it for you? I don't get that reaction of like, whoa. I mean, it's not a bad penis. I mean, she sounded it's, like she was on a roller coaster. Like, it's just, it's a dick. It's like, a dick. What do you want me to say? It's a strange, it's strange, it's strange. But when you see a random D, do you, are you surprised by it? Well, it depends on like the, like right now I wasn't because you were, you said you were going to show it to me, but. But you see a the, random. The photo of Orlando Bloom, you didn't. Like, if you were scrolling through Twitter and you saw Orlando Bloom's D, would you be surprised? Yeah, maybe. Just like, oh, okay, well, but, yeah. you know. My immediate thought is, I need to screenshot this. Yeah, they're also not, they're looking at, like, an abstract, like, they're looking at a Picasso that yeah. has a dick on it. True. Um, but anyway, so he, as soon as he meets these women, he is just baiting them with, I, that's a thing, too. It's not even that he's being rude to them. He intentionally sets them up to be assholes to them. Uh, to be an asshole to them. Like, first he says to Rose that she doesn't know anything about color. He's like, otherwise you wouldn't have worn those shoes with that dress. Which, she's wearing, a, like, a royal blue dress with black shoes, which... All right, 
Fair enough, but it's hard. It's hard with the royal blue dress. Like I guess you could wear like. I thought the shoes, shoes worked. They worked. It's just black and blue is always so hard. I think me personally, I don't know anything about fashion. That's the only way I like blue. Is black I and hate blue? blue. I hate the color blue. Like hate, and I will only wear it if it's mixed with black. Okay, um, but then he, so he could just walk away. But in, and also, it's just so strange. This is like. His work is here. These people are here to see his work, and he's being so rude to them. I'm like, fucking have a heart, man. They're here to see your work. But then he baits them. He's basically like, would you care to join me over here and discuss one of my pieces of over here, whatever. And the girls are like, oh, yes, we'd love to. Still kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt, even though he's already been a dick. Yeah. And he goes, do you see how I've captured Monet here with my brushstrokes and how I this and that and how I this and that? And each time they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And he goes, you're all idiots. You know, none of you could recognize Monet more than you could blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And he's just being such a fucking douche. But he has a small dick. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the girl's reaction, instead of, like, getting up in his face and being rude to him, is just like, you know what? Let's not let him ruin this night for us. Let's still have a good time. I would have hightailed it out of there. I would have been like, fuck you. Fuck your stupid big dick paintings. I'm out. I would have immediately gone to Yelp. Yeah. Yelp review that shit. Um, so then there's, like, a weird moment where Rose is like, there are these two workers carrying a large pane of glass, which, like, why would you be doing that during a really fancy gallery event? <laughs> um, and, and Rose is like, oh, look, two more mimes. I'm going to mess with them. And then she just walks off screen, and there's, like, a, the sound of shattering glass. But her return is really funny when she's like, I don't think they were mimes. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, so the next day, it's still raining. Now the living room's leaking. And I absolutely love this moment where Dorothy's putting towels down. And it's a very urgent situation because, like, the roof is leaking. She's putting towels down. And Blanche goes... Oh, no, you can't use my Cabana Club beach towel with a naked man and woman lying on the beach. No, there are too fond, too many fond memories on this towel. And Dorothy gets so mad, and she was like, she was like, Blanche, I don't care how many, you know, sexual encounters you've had up and down the Florida coast, this and this and that. And she goes off, and she goes, no, Dorothy, I brought my son Skippy home from the hospital in this towel. <laughs> but for a minute, I believed her, and I was like, oh, Dorothy's kind of a dick. But then yeah. Dorothy goes, you're lying, Blanche. She's like, Damn, you're good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's like, it's such a Blanche thing. Yeah. And I love that she goes there with the lie, just saying, like, she brought her son Skippy home from the hospital in that towel. Um, Who names their kid Skippy? Oh, I love it. Skippy, who we never meet in the yeah. series. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have met Skippy. What do you think Skippy would have been like? Um, probably a mess. Probably a bit of a, like a, like a entitled D-bag. Yeah. He seems, because all of her kids basically come off as, like, they were spoiled. Well, like, Becky doesn't. It, Becky number one doesn't. No, uh, uh, Be- no, Becky number one does. Does she? Yeah, she went off to Paris oh, and the yeah, whole thing. Oh, yeah, I guess thing. she does. Yeah. I guess she does. Um, so the girls realize they need $10,000 for a new roof, and they've just thrown away the patchwork money. Um, and they, they all, they're all like, oh, I could, you know, I could cash in on this. I could take out money on my life insurance. They realize they can put it together, but it's going to be a little bit of a burden. Yeah. Um, Sophia comes home and, uh, I don't know what the context was, but she, at some point just goes, I've got my own problems, which I feel I like because that's like a Sophia line. We hear a lot. Yeah. That's not like a memorable line per se, but I just like that she says, I've got my own problems a yeah. lot. And, um, and she's been volunteering down at the hospital 
And um, she was like, you know, I had the worst day. I had the had to deal with like the meanest guy. And I mean, you know, I know he's only got two weeks to live, but come on. I mean, you guys dealt with this, you know, Jimmy DeKimmel guy. Yeah. And then they realize, you know, Blanche tells the girls that if he dies, his work will double. And then, holy shit, it just turns out. To the auction house. Yeah, there's going to be an auction of his work. And so they decide they're going to go. Which is part two of this episode's amazing outfits. But before we get there, I feel like because this is such... The girls are basically... Even though we've set up that Jimmy DeKimmel is a dick, um, the girls, I think just to make them again, to really make sure that the girls aren't coming across as malicious or just so villainous, we have a moment where it's like, you know, 4 a.m., the girls can't sleep. They're torn because they know what they're doing is sort of taking advantage of a dying man, even though he's a dick. Um, And uh, at some point in the conversation, there's a great moment where Rose says something dumb and Dorothy says, uh, you are nothing if not consistent, Rose. (laughs) And Rose goes, thanks, Dorothy. But hot water and a bran muffin in the morning takes most of the credit, (laughs) which means Rose has good poops. That's so uncomfortable. And then Sophia <laughs> mentions that Jasper de Kimmel needs a rare blood transfusion. Yeah. She ends up telling a story where she says, picture it, Sardinia, 1922. And Blanche is like, Sophia, I thought your stories always took place in Sicily. And she's like, what, can't a girl take a vacation? Like, can't she go for the way for the weekend? So that was really funny. Uh, but Sophia ends up convincing the girls to do it. Yeah, she, she well, at, at some point she's like, she realizes she doesn't have, she's rambling, and she doesn't have a story about, you know, taking advantage of a dead man. And so she, uh, she just says, just don't do it. Like, or just do it. It's fine. But she says if we don't do it, somebody else will, which, whatever, that's... I don't think if someone else will, because no one else is privy to that information mm. outside the doctors. Right, but that's what she says. And then she stands up, and liter- the last line of the scene is Sophia stands up and goes, Welcome to the George Bush era. Me, me, me. <laughs> yeah. Which, so speaking weird. of, George Bush was just inaugurated during this episode, so... You know, he, like, literally just became president. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then, yeah, then that's what they're saying. It. Yeah. Um, so now we're back at the gallery yes. for the auction. Oh, I love this gallery. Um, did you want to talk about their outfits? I had no idea what they were wearing. <laughs> no, they just looked great. I mean, the, it was, like, two episode, two parts in, this, in the episode where they were able to dress up, which is always exciting. Yes. Um, and the first thing that's auctioned off, which is unrelated to Jimmy DeKimmel, is a naked, like, a small, like, very dark bronze naked, naked man. statue but I couldn't even see it because it was so dark I couldn't make out any shapes but yeah. that doesn't stop Blanche from getting turned on by it She's, she was explaining like it's shape and it's muscular buttocks I also noticed in this episode people were just I mean they were just there was so much exposition like even at the top and, and it, it was throughout but I really started taking note of, note of it here where at the beginning uh, Blanche goes like, now girls, remember the plan. We are going to bid. We can't spend any more than $10,000. We're going to bid on it, and then we're going to sell it. Like the, She's like, goes over the plan again. We're like, yeah, 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 we got it. You just said what the plan was. And so then a painting is brought out. Um, a, a Jimmy DeKimmel painting well, is brought out. before that, Rose accidentally bids on the black sculpture. The black yes, naked man. Yes, there's thing. a really funny physical bit they keep yeah. doing. But with can the you girls. imagine if 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 she would have actually like won that bid? She would have yeah. been out thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, she would have been fucked. Um, yeah, they fucked. Do, they do a keep a funny a running bit where the girls keep accidentally putting the paddle up, which I feel like anytime you do comedy with like the auction, somebody accidentally yeah. put the paddle up. That's yeah, the way it goes. <laughs> oh, um, uh, but um, but then then the auctioneer brings out a Jimmy DeKimmel, and he literally says. 
this is a small piece, but one that will hold greater value someday. We're like, we get it, Nada. Like, thank yeah, you. Like, yeah. you don't need to spell it. And it kind of looks like a like a Pollock. I think that's what they're trying to make this guy sound like. A Pollock. Uh, it didn't look so. It was ma- all blotchy and shit. It was blotchy, but Jackson Pollock looks more like you just like dipped all of your fingers in paint and then just like, like, f- like flung them around. Yeah. And, you know, this felt more like, I don't know. It was just like a bunch of sort of pastel colors, like a little blended. Mm. Um, I've been watching Bob Ross on Netflix before oh, yeah? I go to sleep at night. Yeah, it's his soothing voice and the sounds yeah. of the the paintbrushes on the canvas are really soothing. But then I find that I keep wanting to keep my eyes open just to see what he's doing. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's it's hard, but I enjoy listening to him when I go to sleep. Um, as someone who likes to remain on brand, I fall asleep to the Golden Girls every night. Every night. Oh well, good for you. Yeah. Hallmark Channel. Hey, guys. We're available. <laughs> um, so um, so the bidding opens at $5,000, and the girls have this, like, weird thing where they think if they act cool, it's going to scare off the other bidders. So all they literally do is, like, hold up the paddle and go, it's $6,500. I don't know what that plan is. The plan is fake it till you make it. It's basically like if you fit in... Then you're able to do it, and no one's gonna outbid you. You know what I mean? So if you if you go with confidence and you say six thousand dollars, I guess then they're gonna be like, oh no, don't don't overbid that tall lady. Yeah, but then they end up sort of getting into the same thing where they're accidentally putting the paddle up, and they're, they're you know. <laughs> well, it's because Rose. So yeah. like Blanche does a sixty five hundred, and then Blanche or Rose tries to be cool and goes seven thousand. Yeah, they're bidding against each other, but yeah. they end up getting it for nine thousand dollars. Which is a thousand under what they, you know, were yeah. willing to pay. Yeah. Um, and they they call Sophia from the gallery and like I don't even know where they're supposed to be. Is that a it's a payphone I guess? Yeah. And they call, and then we see like very tight we're on Sophia's face when she's on the phone and she goes, "Save your money, the schmuck's gonna live." And then we pull out and realize. Um, Sophia's in a hospital room. She's the rare blood donor. She's the rare blood donor. (laughs) She's there with the nurse and she's getting a cookie. Question, because I don't know. When you're giving, when you're getting a blood transfusion, I feel like, like the the situation Sophia is in is like when you give blood at a blood drive where you go in and you sit for a little bit and they give you a cookie afterwards and you leave. Is that all it would have taken? I mean, if you're getting oh. a whole blood transfusion, I feel like this is more of like a, like almost like a surgical procedure where they're going to have yeah. to take a certain amount where she's going to have to be admitted and whatever. Well, I wouldn't know because under the United States government, I'm not able to give blood. Um, Hank's gay people. Uh, they I can't give blood either. Why not? Because I have beta thalassemia. What the fuck is that? It's like a weird, dumb blood condition. It's fine. Oh. I'm fine. I can't give blood because I have sex with men. Yeah, that's that's a lame that's a lame reason. But I assume it's probably more intense. I assume I don't know. We have a nurse. We because I remember there was someone from Florida who, if you're listening, who's where's a nurse in Florida. I'm just curious to know if it's like are they combining it with other people's blood of the same kind, or I just feel like for a blood transfusion in order to live, it's got to be a lot. Yeah. Right. Right. Or, I but I guess know. blood, uh, like, duplicates itself, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. it, like, who the fuck knows? Guys, let us know. Yeah, someone smarter than us, please tell let us. Let us know. <laughs> so, um... So, so, Dorothy faints. We literally... No, 
We what? don't even see her faint. No, no. Well, we see we see we Sophia see a, a make a joke about the cookie, phone. and then all of a sudden we see a swinging phone, and Rose and Blanche are all like, "Dorothy, what'd she say? What is it, Dorothy?" And she's like on the ground fainting. Which, like, I understand the humor of that. I loved like, it. That reveal, I loved it. But I love a good Dorothy faint. Nobody can faint she like Dorothy. She ain't gonna fall on no hard floor. And I know. I realize she can't because it was such like a tight, tiny set, and there was like yeah. no room for her to fall behind anything, which is probably why they didn't do it. But I, I love a good Dorothy faint. She, I mean, because she has fallen from like very up high. It's she faints so dramatically. It's the most gorgeous fainting. <laughs> There's I've one ever episode. Seen. I forget what episode, but she literally just falls straight down. Yeah, she's a good fainter. Ah. <laughs> uh. So back at home, the girls are staring at the painting. All four on the couch. Yeah, kind of depressed. Yeah. The roofer comes in, and he's still a little, he's like still sneezing and stuff, which is distracting because it has nothing to do with the story. I feel like that was a character thing where he's like, my guy's going to be sick. He was up working on a roof. No, because they wrote jokes into it. I don't know. I don't know why he was sick. But he recognizes the Jimmy to Kimmel painting and yeah. said he's always wanted one. Pure luck. This, who knew? Yeah, that, who knew? Yeah. Um, and... The girls are basically offering him, like, we'll give it to you if you give us a free, if you do our roof yeah. job. Well, Blanche is all like, tell you what, how about this for a free roof or for the roof job? Yep. And, and, then, and he's ready. He'll mm-hmm. do it. But then Sophia, being a smart Italian, decides to step in there and negotiate. Yep. She goes, we want a new roof with a five-year warranty. And I thought that was going to be like, all right, that's capping it. Because, you know, that's like 10000 And then she goes, and $2,500 in cash. I'm like, ooh, she is. Now she's really pushing it. That's like, that's an extra $2,500. Well, but maybe he's, you know, maybe like, maybe it doesn't actually cost $10,000 to replace the roof. Maybe he's like adding on some well, money there. Well, sure. There's going to be a little bit. But you figure he's going to do parts and then labor. You don't know what his overhead is as a roofer. Does, yeah. Is he outsourcing some stuff? Does is he you know does he is he hiring employees for it? Yeah. Um, He's definitely hiring employees. But as him and Sophia sort of walk into the kitchen to keep negotiating, Dorothy great. turns to the other two women and she's like, "Now you're watching a real artist at work." This has bothered me ever since I've seen this. I can't since the beginning of time when I started watching this episode. They literally, as soon as she says that line, they stare at the kitchen door for like five seconds, like as if. Something is happening at the kitchen door. Nothing's happening. The, Sophia is in the kitchen with the man. They could just go in the kitchen and watch this. But they, Yeah, they're literally just staring at the door. At the door! Yeah. It would be like you saying goodbye and me just sitting here staring for a few minutes at the door as you left. Yeah, it's very strange. Very strange. It's very, very and strange. And that's the episode. And that's the episode. And the thing is... So we, we assume they get the roof. We assume they get the roof, but again... We don't like, need... You don't need resolution on that. You yeah. know they're getting the roof. All right. Like, if anything, she's not going to get the 2500 and he's going to get the paint. Right, right. So... But yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Wow. My golden takeaway <laughs> from this episode is... I should wear more bow ties. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I don't wear out clothing that, uh, that accommodates bow ties, but... I should wear more bow ties. That's a good one. Um, it's not really. <laughs> it's not. It's not the best one I've had. No, but it's it's for you. It's for you me. Know, it's for yeah. you. That's fine. Yeah. Um, my golden takeaway is uh, mimes don't break character. Yeah. You got you know you gotta have tough skin to be a mime. You've got to be able to really, you know, you've got to be able to just. Shut all that stuff out and be be the best mime that you can be. Can you imagine having sex with a mime in character? Um, 
I would actually like it because I get really angry when people make too much noise during sex. Well, right, but if he's a mime, then he's not. You're not actually having sex with him. You're like pantomiming it. So that's frustrating because it's like the boy in the plastic bubble. You he never actually touch dick. him. Who says mimes can't use? Their he's dick? a mime. If all you're saying is he can't talk, that doesn't make him a mime. That just makes him a man who doesn't talk. But he has body part. He can use his body parts. Right, but mimes don't. Mimes don't come into physical contact with anything. They pantomime. Is it. that the point of a mime? Yes. It's not just that they don't talk. I could probably get his dick. Oh. <laughs> All right. My golden takeaway is that if you're going to talk and theorize and posit things about mimes, know what a mime does and what a mime is. We my one on new golden takeaway is if there are any mimes listening to this podcast, I will sleep with you. You're going to get some requests. I'm very I excited. I don't think I'm going to get any requests. Mimes? Mimes out there. If any of you guys are a mime, <laughs> let us know. So next week's episode, it could go either one of two ways because we don't know what we're going to do quite yet. There might be a special episode or we might be watching Blind Date. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. So stay tuned, guys, for next week's unexpected episode. Yes. Or expected, or depending expected. upon what we do. <laughs> and you guys can follow the podcast at outonthelanai.com. We're on Facebook at uh, slash Golden Girls Podcast and on Twitter we are at Golden Girls Pod and I'm CarrieDoherty.com Squid Eat Squid on Twitter Squidzy on Instagram and I am H. Allen Scott you can follow me at H. Allen Scott on everything and uh, as always guys thank you so so much for all of the Facebook and Twitter comments and messages keep them coming because we absolutely love to hear from you and donate if you can and also we're on the HeadGum Network and we're hosted on Spreaker and they're awesome and you should go check them out and guess what guys we love you and we want you to remember to stay stay golden That was a HeadGum Podcast.